You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Your Wednesday edition of Locked On Browns. My guest looking curiously at me. Hope we don't have an issue. We certainly possibly could. Oh, there it is. By the way, no, John Costco, folks. So before you leave the iTunes review talking about Jeff opening his drink, for God's sakes, I've gotten better, guys. I at least open it beforehand now. The question is whether or not number two will have to get opened. Sometimes I do mute. Um, I had to do that on show. Uh, I have something coming Monday night. It was actually funny. All right, John Costco is joining us, so we're going to get to this. But no, Monday night I was recording with Pete. I got a message from somebody. Um, I've got something coming my way from something Browns related. And I uh, got so flabbergasted by it, I ended the call and had to restart the call. And there's Pete in the background going, what just happened? What is going on? So anybody who picked up on that one, uh, yeah, that was a that was a good fun time there as well. Um, seeing as nothing huge happened today, obviously Malcolm Smith resigning. We know Malcolm Smith well. Um, so your host Jeff Floyd, joined by PFF John Costco. Um, now would be as good a time as any uh, start to get the uh, you know framework and some talk here of you know some of the new in the fold. Um, John, you put the whammy on Marcus Williams last week and. Apparently, the Saints found some other way to come up with some cap. Um, God knows. I, I still have no idea what in the world the Saints are doing on down there. Um, which left, you know, John Johnson the third as essentially the, the prize of the free agent safety position. Um, now, as most of you are starting to learn, and, you know, I guess, you know, you didn't follow a lot of Rams football. John Johnson the third wore the green dot, which meant, you know, he was a player that was never coming off the field. Um, he was receiving the calls from – uh, you know, the coaching staff uh, relaying, obviously, all that information to his teammates. You come in here. Now you're going to play with a Ronnie Harrison. You're going to play with a Grant Talbot, a Denzel Ward, and more coming. Um, I think people don't understand the value and the versatility that John Johnson III brings here, uh, John. And you add that in, and when we talk about Ronnie Harrison, he can do more than one thing. Grant Delpit, this is the hope with him as well. And now you have a situation with three safeties where you can kind of disguise what you're doing, kind of disguise which each guy's assignments are, and not to mention that all three of them you know, should be solid contributors. It's a win-win. And the fact that you know he looked at other teams, Detroit, guys, it's great. I know some of you there, and I don't care how much money it is. I'm not going to play for the Detroit Lions. And, you know, yeah, I will take a little bit less, and I will go play with the team. That won a playoff game last year on the road. I'm going to take leave the confines here of South Central, so to speak, and I will be making my way to Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, so um, this is a guy that's been one of the most valuable safeties in the NFL since he's you know came, kind of came into the league, um, and especially when he's healthy. He had an injury plague 2019 season where he frankly didn't play very well because he was injured. Um, but you look at 2018, he was. Uh, is grade of 83.6 in 2020. It was a grade of 85.3, uh, third most valuable safety in the NFL last year. Um, you you could not ask for a, a bigger improvement from one player to another, and Andrew Sandejo to John Johnson. And uh, having an Andrew Sandejo who was a smart guy and who was never going supposed to be playing that many snaps to a guy that's literally going to be able to replace all of those snaps 
as long as he stays healthy um, and and wear the green dot and be able to call the plays and, and be able to man that secondary um, just adds so much value to this team. You talk about Andrew Sende, who is the fifth worst graded safety in the NFL to the third best graded safety in the NFL. Um, it, it's, a, it's a monster improvement. You, you're talking about a weak link that you had in the middle of the field that teams, if they wanted to, could attack that middle of the field or wherever Andrew Sandejo was or basically you know anybody else that was there, Red, Celtic Redwine or Carl Joseph or whatever. Um, they could make you know they could make their yards. Uh, Johnson has has the ability to play deep. He can play in the slot. He can he can play in the box if you need him to. Uh, but the thing is, what he does is he gives you versatility of being able to have three safeties out on the field and be able to match speed with Lamar Jackson when he's going out there and, and running around like a chicken with his head cut off and you're wanting to try to track him sideline to sideline. Now you have, instead of having linebackers who are just not fast enough and quick enough to be able to get after him, you have more defensive backs out on the field and it allows you to do that. Um, and it gives you an intelligent player back there to uh, make sure that p- players are lined up and, and just get you in the right place. So this is a ma- monster, monster signing for, for the Browns to be able to get a player like this. And even if he doesn't play at the third best safety in the, uh, in the league level, you're, you're still probably anticipating him being a top 10 guy. And that improvement in itself is just, it's just phenomenal. And you pair that with Ronnie Harrison, you know, when fully healthy, had a string of really nice games for this team. Um, You pair that with what you think Grant Delpit can be. Um, Again, everybody, for those of you that still want to talk about linebackers and dealing with the Baltimore Ravens, see, for God's sakes, when the Ravens have struggled, when Tennessee did it right or when, I guess they were still the San Diego Chargers then, the defense, they plotted out uh, to deal with Lamar Jackson. Look, you could play five linebackers. Lamar Jackson is going to outrun every single one of them. But the future of Harrison and Delpit, and now you combine this with the player uh, you know that John Johnson the third is, and we talked about this all last year. We talked about what one of the major goals were for 2021. It was kind of saying, Joe Woods, thanks for everything you did last year, and we really, really kind of sell you short. But this is going to be more about you and trying to get this defense more to your vision, just as much as the effort as we put in last off season to getting the offense to Coach Stefanski's vision. Yeah, this is the start, right? So they have more work to do, obviously. Um, you know, Tack McKinley signing is not a a game changer. We'll get to it. We'll get to that. We'll get you know, to that so in a like, second. But, but adding adding a John Johnson allows you to have – he's a defensive back-minded guy. You listened to his interviews last year. He's obviously coached defensive backs. He wants to play a dime defense. And if you can get to a dime defense to play against Lamar Jackson, for example, obviously this is the, the guy that you need to – to defend this in this division right now. Um, obviously you're going to need to do that against Joe Burrow. If he, you know, when he comes back healthy, he's going to be a very good quarterback in this league, but specifically Lamar Jackson, he struggles against dime defenses. Um, more defensive backs out on the field uh, means more speed, a to be able to cover when the, the, his receivers man them up and lock them down. And then when he's running around, not allow him to, to escape and get very far down the field when he is running around. So, just the more speed out in the field when you're able to do that. And if you do that with quality players, that's, that's a huge thing is that the Browns could have done that last year. They could have put up, you know, dime defense last year, but 
that's that's talking about having Tavier Thomas and Robert Jackson and MJ Stewart out in the field, you know, much more than you ever want them to be out there. And um, th- those guys aren't going to, they're just not the caliber player that you want out there on a, you know, on a full-time basis. So um, this is absolutely, you know, it's just for, for Joe Woods, he's going to ha- be able to have more toys to play with and just kind of the personnel that he needs to have to be able to, to succeed in, in the modern day NFL, which is a lot of, depth at that defensive back position. And it's just the start of something. And obviously, you know, John, the former defensive back, uh, this is, I'm sure, something that he's looking forward to as well. We're going to get to a little bit more here on your Wednesday. Locked on Browns, John Costco, PFF Senior Analyst, along for the ride here with your host, Jeff Lloyd. The new and improved Bill Bar is even more delicious, sir. If you guys haven't checked out, uh, check out uh, uh, BillBar.com. Uh, the website, uh, we're actually, because we've all become obsessed with Built Bar over here at the uh, Lockdown Podcast Network, we're doing a March bracket of your favorite Built Bar. So make sure you get over there daily and vote for your favorite flavor. Six of your current new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, and they are easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for your cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKDOWN15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So, Mr. Costco. Some some non-Browns news, if if anybody's curious. Patrick Peterson signed with the Minnesota Vikings one year, $10 million. And the Seattle Seahawks traded for Gabe Jackson, you know, from Vegas for a 2021 fifth-round pick. I don't know what the Raiders are doing. They don't know what they're doing. They're dismantling their offensive line. That was a good offensive line. Uh, If anybody remembers the Browns playing the Raiders last year, um, and at the time there was just nothing the defense could do. They were getting bodied all over the place as the Raiders proceeded to run the ball at will on them. John did bring up Tavier Thomas. Um, Look, the best Tavier Thomas. Um, To be a great special teamer, that's just not where the Browns' money is going to go right now. Those positions will be manned by rookies who hopefully develop into bigger roles. But Tavier Thomas headed the Houston Texans on a two-year deal. Couldn't be happy for the guy. Uh, came here as an afterthought on a Labor Day weekend and ended up playing some really solid special teams. Um, as the years went on, John Costco does not seem happy about something. We're going to talk Tack McKinley, but, John, what's what's got you? What's I didn't see this earlier. It's 46 minutes ago, but Curtis Samuel is signing with the Washington football team. Yes, three years, $34.5 million. Um, along with some of the other fun stuff today where the Cincinnati Bengals apparently offered Kenny Galladay a one-year prove-it deal as the guy's basically on New York to be handed the key to the city by Dave Gettleman. But sure, Bengals, yeah, one-year prove-it deal with the Bengals. Okay, then. But, John, Tack McKinley. The thing here is, look, you know, obviously this front office has some interest in Tack McKinley. They want to see him. They want to get him in the building. They tried several times last year. Um the player himself, it's 
it's not been a former first round picks career to this point. Um, it's safe to say that. What's the appeal? What what does Andrew Berry and what do the other people in this building? What do they think they maybe can untap that essentially has not been untapped yet by Tack McKinley and whoever it was the night he got drafted that ripped on the dude for bringing a picture of was it his grandmother or his grandfather? You're still an asshole, dude. Oh, I mean, I just can't even deny. I mean, the guy basically grew up with nothing. His grandparents sacrificed for him to get where he was at, and somebody had a problem with it. Up yours. But, John, Tack McKinley into the building in Berea. Yeah, so he's been an average edge rusher in the NFL. You know, basically since he's come into the league. So at least you know what you're getting from him when you when you sign a guy like that. You're at least going to get a guy that's going to be average. Like and and maybe you know you're talking about a guy that has a lot of speed and, and has athleticism. He's stiff as a board, but you know if maybe our uh, the Browns you know training staff feels feels like they can just get him more a little bit more limber and, and loosened up that he can they can unlock something there because I think you know with that athleticism that the raw athleticism he has teach him some stuff that he has and, and you know maybe he can be a little bit more of a uh, you know productive pass rusher but the thing is is that I don't know if you even really kind of need that I think at least at an average level that he can play at if you if you're able to draft another guy or sign another guy or whatever and, and he doesn't have to be that you know that number two guy there because he's not a number two guy really in my opinion he's a low end number two edge rusher he you know he should probably be a number three guy that you rotate in um you know but you look at his his uh you know pass rush win rate over his career and it's basically been about a 16 percent which is actually a pretty reasonable level um you know it's not like miles garrett or tj watt type win levels but it's better than bud dupree and and uh romeo aquara and stuff like that that guys that got uh, signed to much bigger contracts. So, uh, yeah, he only had one sack last year, but he only played, you know, four games. He was injured. And, and um, you know, his first two seasons in, in the league, he was eight and nine sacks and um, or whatever. We go by different numbers in the, you know, we don't do half sacks or whatever at PFF. So he's a, he's a guy that I think because of his, his, you know, his raw athleticism, you potentially could unlock something. And um, even if you don't, he's still going to be a speed guy that can at least get some get some pressure and help, you know, get get me you know, maybe force some some sacks to Miles Garrett's way or something like that. And it still doesn't. It still allows you from this, you know, four million. What is it? Four point two five million dollars with incentives up upwards or whatever. It still allows you to make some more moves on that defensive line because it's not a rich deal. It's not a replacement of what Livian Vernon did. Livian Vernon was fifteen million. And uh, Claiborne, I think, was is about the same same price. He's like five about five million or something like that. So it's really kind of that replacement there, and and with the potential of of a guy that um, you know former first rounder that potentially could be a little bit better than what you're expecting. Uh, look, I mean, they they have Joe Jackson, who they seem to really like in running uh, running situations. Um, Porter Gustin's still there. You have that wild card in Curtis Weaver. Um, Tack McKinley, it's for right now, it's nickel and dime. Don't worry about anything else, son. Use the athleticism <laughs> the good Lord gave you. Um, most likely the quarterback's going to roll to your side because 95 is going to be coming off the other end. Hey, you know, nobody's going to care how you get the sacks. They're only going to care about the total numbers at the end of the day. Uh, Browns, one move today. That's official as of this point. Um, bring back uh, Malcolm Smith. Um, 
it's always interesting because Malcolm Smith was signed that Sunday where it was in the summer where it was thought that, you know, basically COVID had ran buck wild up through Berea. And it turned out to be a whole bunch of false positives. Um, and look, Malcolm Smith is probably not the player he once was. Athleticism dwindles. Obviously, he's just only going to hold it for so long. But and for everybody who gets into this about the Browns and linebackers, John, to bring him back tells you one thing specifically. This is their linebacker prototype. Can you cover and can you move? We'll figure out run defense. We'll find a way around that. But if we're going to be in linebacker business, these are the type of linebackers we want on our roster. Right. So over the past two years, Malcolm Smith has graded at a, you know, 79.5 and a 74.7 in coverage. That's what matters, and that's, a, that's the type of player that they want out of them. He's not a good run defender anymore. He was for a couple years out of his career, but he just generally is not a good run defender. So you, but you're going to have him out there in those – in those nickel and dime packages and obvious passing situations. And he's good there. He can, he's good on the underneath zones. He can, he has enough speed to be able to match up and um, when he's asked to match up, but uh, he's essentially has good instincts and coverage. And that's what you want out of this, what they're looking for out of this type of guy. They're not looking by all indications so far. And, and, you know, this, we could be very well proven wrong if they go, whatever first round linebacker in the you know at 26 or whatever i hope is. not because they're going to be a tv that's busted up in my house if that's the case john but right i, I mean I, I just don't think it's going to happen <laughs> i think i think they view the position like the running back of the defense like where you it's there's you can you can rotate these guys and just go all right these are the situations these are the situations these guys play well in we can find that and put them in those situations you look at what taki taki was a graded as a top 20 linebacker last year. Malcolm Smith was a top 25 linebacker last year. Looks BJ serious. Goodson. Again, guys, do you hear what he's same saying? Same thing. 20, 25. BJ Goodson, top 25 guy last year. They can they they found roles for that these guys work in and played them in. They're not full-time guys in the in any situation, but they can play them in what situations they do need them. Um, you want better production, obviously, from, you know, from the other linebackers that played. And, and with Jacob Phillips being a rookie, I'll give him, a learning curve with, especially with the, you know, the COVID year it is uh, Mac Wilson. We know the type of player he is. He's, he's, he's not, he's not going to be, a, a, you know, around for very long. I don't think, but um, he nobody might play wants this year. More, Nobody wants it more. And it doesn't look like it's ever going to come together for then somebody like Mac Wilson. It is actually kind of sad. Yeah. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the instincts and then he misses tackles on top of it too. So even when he, he is right. So, um, at least with Jacob Phillips, he's got he's got speed and athleticism, and and is a sure tackler. Uh, so you can work with that, um, and you can find you know you can. They're looking for plug and play type guys, and they want to be able to have more defensive backs out on the field. Anyways, they want to be in in diamond nickel ninety plus percent of the time. So that means you're going to have less than ten percent of the time that you're going to have three plus linebackers out on the field. So it's just and the thing- what it is. The thing I, I, I like most about bringing back Malcolm Smith is you you look at what he did last year, but now you keep in mind, you know, and this is what we talk about, and I was always a fan with Joe Schobert with this is and why I ended up calling him the crossing guard is knowing, you know, that when the right time is that, okay, I have given my player off to the next assigned guy in coverage. Malcolm Smith is fantastic in that role, but now he's passing these guys on John to John Johnson the third, to Grant Delpit. So it's not, you know, and everybody, you know, are they done at safety? 
I hate when you say, oh, well, it, technically, but you never got a drip of Grant Talbot. So they're adding Grant, Grant Talbot along with John Johnson III, and you keep a guy whose calling card in the NFL for his entire career has been, he's a fantastic coverage linebacker. Yeah, exactly. And he's, and I'm just actually looking at the specific rankings now. He was just number 13, Smith, Smith was, and then number seven in coverage. So there you go. That's. And you're probably paying him nothing. Yeah, I mean, I was looking for the contract details to see if that's come out or whatever, but, you know, he, what, he made like $3 million last year? Something like that? Like some ridiculously small number? It's I'm probably... sure he ended up playing more snaps than they ever anticipated, so probably hit on some incentives, and it'll be the same type of thing this year. They actually, I'm pretty sure they paid him $1 million. Yeah, they signed him to a $1, $1 million deal last year. So you're probably talking maybe a $1.5 million deal this year. just like With hey, incentives, absolutely, yeah. And so, if you can get that type of production out of a linebacker, I mean, it's a it's a bargain. It's an absolute bargain, and, and it's good enough. It's good enough. And and people, you look at the linebacker position last year, anyways. People thought it's a massive need for the Browns because it it appeared like they weren't playing very well because maybe they're not racking up the tackles or whatever it is. But this defensive line is the issue for for the for the Browns for the most part. That interior, you know, Ogunjobi, he's going to be gone now, but he was getting pushed around like a. He, he tried to play like a nose tackle or even a three tech, and he, he really should have been more of the nose tackle. He needed to keep the weight on um, and not try to drop it and play like an Aaron Donald. That's not his game. He would flash, but he never could have that consistency. And um, that really affects the, the linebackers because if you're getting pulled back into them, they're trying to, to fit their gaps. And then, but if their gap gets completely washed out because you're, you defensive lineman sucks, like, the, the, what the linebacker they had for linebackers was generally good enough. They they need to get better. They need to get and obviously improve upon what you know Jacob Phillips and Mac Wilson did last year. But the plug and play guys it works for them and and for obviously very cheap. Well, hey, look, I mean, and the thing is, is look, if you can, as important as it is to have the Miles Garrett of the world, the Baker Mayfields of the world, if you can get a guy who's probably you know in the thirties ranked on your roster and he's making no money and he gives you a big return. That's how great front offices and great teams operate. Um, so just, you know, win, win there uh, a little bit more here with John, obviously we're going to have to talk some cornerback in the cornerback position and we will get to that here in just one second. Just because the NFL season is over does not mean your sports wagering interests have to end as well. NCAA tournament this weekend, MLB, NHL, everything, NBA, obviously. Best place to do it, betonline.ag, the only place that we here at Locked On recommend. Sign up right now for a free account with betonline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. John, whether it's Gary and Conley seems to be a popular name. And this could be one of those, you know, similar to Tucker McKinley. Want to get a look, former first rounder, cheap, Adoree Jackson. Troy Hill. These are all interesting names. Something's got to be brought in here. And I do believe the Browns would like to basically spray this out a little bit. 
something on the defensive line, something at the safety position, something at the cornerback position. So they're not, so they won't be pigeonholed in at 26 for a specific player, specific position, because they, you love that maneuverability. Um, and right now, every time you try and sit down and do a mock at 26, almost every time it's like, well, I'll probably look at door number three, which is the trade back scenario, which you always want that possibility there. Uh, but the cornerback position, John, and, you know, look, Patrick Peterson for $10 million. No, not really <laughs> looking at that one. But um, for me, in you know, there were players I liked, but Adoree Jackson, that was the one that literally just, A, Tennessee, what's going on there? Um, did he sleep with somebody's daughter? Was the first thing I'm thinking because, well, you know, oh, he's missed some time. Okay, well, how did he play when he wasn't missing time? And a player who came into the league essentially labeled an athlete, John, turned into a cornerback. Yeah, um, he was a guy that coming out of, out of the draft. Like, obviously, everybody knew everybody knew he was an athlete. He was he was a speedster. he did everything, everything at USC, including selling the popcorn. Yeah, um, but like there was a lot of work he had to do to become a good cornerback. I thought, and um, he he developed into a really nice one. And you talk you talk about like. Last year he was hit, hurt. He came back at the end of the year, um, did not grade very well. And when he came back, and part of that is because obviously he probably came back too soon. Um, but you talk about his first three years in the league, graded above seventy all three years. Had a, and his you know twenty nineteen he was an eighty two point five coverage grade guy. He's a guy that um, over you know over the basically in that season had had one of the best grades when talking about just in single coverage. So um, he's the guy that if the Browns can make it work in terms of money and perhaps you, you can get him for on a decent discount compared to what you th- might've thought you'd get a guy of his caliber for because he was just cut. Um, I mean, that would be huge for the, for the Cleveland Browns to be able to, to, to have that caliber of a player and not have to worry about whether or not Greedy's going to be able to come back. And I think this would allow, you know, he's a guy that's out, he's an outside cornerback and he's one of the best outside cornerbacks when he plays just on the outside. He's I, as far as I, if I can remember, I have to look it back up again. But over the past three seasons, he's like top three um, in in that regard. Um, and you can play him on the outside. Denzel Ward, I, I believe he has the skills to be able to play in the slot, and you can move him into the slot if you need to. We've talked about this before. If if you're big, look, if you're playing the Bills and you're worried about Cole Beasley killing you. All right. Well, why don't I kick twenty one inside, and now I don't have mm-hmm. to worry so much about somebody like Cole Beasley killing me. Yeah, exactly. And it allows if if Greedy's healthy, it allows him to stay on the outside um, instead of having to bring him inside. He doesn't have the the skills to play on, in the slot at all. So he's an outside corner for sure, and he can be a good one. Um, you know, if he, as long as he stays healthy. But uh, it would it would give obviously the the Browns a lot of versatility there. They have other options, but this would be one that would just you bring in a high caliber player. If the money works, you know, he's definitely a guy that you should bring in. But there are, there are other options out there. It's not a, it's not a make or break thing. You talk about Gary Conley. He'd be more of like a, all right, let's see what you got. You get him for like 2 million. You know, he's a, that similar to guy. what you did with Kevin Johnson last year. Exactly. Um, you don't he, have, he, look, he, I mean, and it's not, your rep is injured. Your rep is not always on the field. Come here. And for Conley, it would be closer to home. It'd be, he'd be Gary and Conley. Yeah, he'd be he'd be cheaper than Kevin Johnson, I would say, just because Kevin Johnson actually is 
played and, and has been productive in the NFL. Yes. Conley has been not yet. You know, so like well, there's Darren Conley does hold a pick six over Baker Mayfield in the NFL. He does. He's cl- and believe it or not, um, I don't believe anybody knows whatever happened to him after Ohio State other than that pick six versus Baker Mayfield. So was that his was that his rookie year? That was, to, was oh, that, that was actually Baker's rookie year, twenty eighteen. Yes. So that was off of a off a drop. That was pass the Hugh Jackson by, game. Yeah, I believe it was that, tipped that, twice by Browns players before it was, he intercepted it. It was it was uh yeah, Antonio Calais slipped and then dropped it and it went into his hands. So it was not Baker's fault, by the way. Just, of course. The gift that keeps on giving, Antonio Calloway. Exactly, exactly. So um, you know, he could be an option or whatever. Um, you know, I, you might again, it's very similar to Tack McKinley. It's not changing your overall plan, but it's – I mean, if you can roll the dice on a former first-round pick who's go, only going to turn 26 years old, you could do a hell of a lot worse. You know, you could you could throw a one-year prove-it deal to Casey Hayward. Who's, he is old. He's 31 years old, but he is a free agent, and he is one year removed from being the fourth-best cornerback in the NFL. He didn't have a good year last year, but he's a guy that would come cheap and I think is is very good. Um, you know, could be very good. He'd be, he'd be a guy that you might might throw you know throw some money at or whatever. Um, you know, you got some other options like a would be cheap like a Mackenzie Alexander in the slot. Brian Poole would be a, a really a good cheap, year last year. Yeah, uh, Brian Poole would be a, another a good option in the slot who had a good year last year. So I think there's a ton of options. Nickel Roby Coleman. He had a bad year last year, but he is two years, two, two prior years, he was a top 25 cornerback in the NFL, and, and he's a slot guy. So there's a lot of options out there for the Browns that if you, you know, you don't get the Adoree Jackson, um, you essentially just want to be able to, to make sure that you don't have these massive weak points in your secondary. You don't want to have to be able to have to play the, the types of, a, you know, the Robert Jacksons and the NJ Stewart's who you're basically have theirs for special teams guys. You want to be able to have veteran guys that you know can play the position and be in the right positions and um, just not, just not be an absolute sieve as, um, as that, you know, that slot cornerback or that second cornerback, you know, opposite Denzel Ward, or just be able to have a guy out there for when Denzel Ward inve- inevitably misses games you that he can replace him and, and play well. So um and they can do it cheaply. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of older cheap talent that they can get that for veterans that would just be on, on potential one year deals because it does seem like that kind of is the 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 way that the the Browns are kind of looking at at patching holes and stuff like that in in this free agency period is going after these these cheaper veterans that can that can play still um potentially and, and also be cheap. And th- this is the thing now, and I think this is what, you know, I think most fans aren't used to. It's this is like very minimal stuff that needs to be done now. Um, you know, the Browns have a fantastic foundation. You and everybody, uh, we haven't heard anything on the offensive side of the ball. That may not happen. It may not happen anytime soon. It may not happen till April. Uh, yeah. I mean, are they going to bring in a guy or two? Sure. Um, but they have done such a tremendous job in solidifying that one side, this is more now about, you know, understanding the type of defense you're going to need. And what are you going to need? You're going to want better defensive back play because guess what? You go to the Tennessee game where Tannehill's throwing it all over the yard late in the game because you have guys out, you know, out there who essentially, no offense, shouldn't have been. Um, You go to the Pittsburgh playoff game. 
why did that game even, you know, not that it really got close, but how did Pittsburgh amass all those yards and all those points? Because the Browns legitimately had to go to full-on prevent defense and still got cooked a couple of times because you just didn't have the personnel. Robert Jackson, love you, appreciate what you did. Tavier Thomas, again, another one. But you're progressing now, and it's going to probably have some effect on the special teams, and that's fine. But I, you know, the better teams are going to say, uh, I will gamble on the guy who's most likely going to see 40 reps in a game than the fact that I'm going to pay $4 million because I really love the way this guy punts. Screw that, John. We're going to punt <laughs> twice, three times if it's a really crappy Sunday. I don't care who covers the punts. I don't want to punt ever. No, exactly. I think um, you're, you're right. Like, there's a reason. There's a reason why the Browns had a lot of big leads and then squandered them, and it made it look like they were close games. And one, the way to stop that is to be able to stop the opposing team from passing the ball. And you have to do that with these these secondary players that know how to play the game. Um, and having the depth to be able to, to shut them down in man. Because if you're just constantly playing prevent defense, they're going to dink and dunk on you all game long, like Ben Roethlisberger did in that playoff game. And it's it's kind of demoralizing in itself it's almost like man can't we just can't just get a stop so that, like can't we just enjoy a, a five touchdown game or whatever <laughs> you know when you have it's when you have those we want a playoff game but god damn it we want to win it by 35 right and all it's and same thing would happen to tennessee like tennessee's <laughs> gonna score right we know that they're a good team but it's like it's in you know some of those would they just made some good plays and stuff like that and part of it is you know some weird situations that did happen in that game but still like you just want to be confident that even if you are in a situation where you're down and you need to make a stop via the pass, you can still do that. And you didn't have confidence that the Browns defense would be able to do that at all at any point last year. And even against a Chad Henney who had to scram has scrambled for 14 yards or whatever it is to get into that fourth and inches situation. Like if you just have some, have some defensive players out there that know how to pursue to the ball or just recognize that the, this guy's scrambling to be able to pursue to that. And or just realize that he threw a punt for an interception the, the series before. Most likely, he didn't want to throw the ball by any means whatsoever. Yeah, and, and if you can stop him for that seven-yard game, they are punting. They're not going to go for it in fourth and seven. But the fact that they had fourth and inches, they're going for it now. And it's then on a backup cornerback to try to stop Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think a you know, maybe a little bit better of a play call could have happened right there. But the thing is, like, MJ Stewart played such a bad technique. He had played – he was playing outside leverage and then whiffed hard on the inside move. And, um, yeah, but just being able to – point, you're not putting yourself in position where games are going to come down to players like Robert Jackson, Tavier Thomas, or MJ Stewart. Exactly. You want – you if, you, if you're going to lose a game and, it, and they happen to be a Den, the Denzel Ward or the Greedy Williams or – yeah, Dory Jackson, like a like a guy that's actually legitimate. John Johnson, Grant Elbert, Ronnie Harrison. These are the guys you're paying and bringing in to do these key things. Even Brian Poole, you know, guy that was yep. two years ago the 10th most valuable cornerback in the NFL. Last year he was the 11th highest graded cornerback in the NFL. Just On two it, dog it, crap teams. He's going to come cheap. He's going to come very cheap. Go get him. So he's a guy that – 28 years old, probably doesn't have much of a pedigree in the NFL. He would be 
absolutely perfect. He'd be like the Taron Johnson for the Bills, who is a guy that's just com- completely unheralded, um, unheralded in, at the slot cornerback position, but he does he plays the position extremely well. Get a Brian Poole, he'd be that type of guy for the Browns, um, and he's just been a solid piece and that you can um, just just be able to, to trust that that guy does the right thing in the right situations. Guys, if I'm sitting here nice, if I'm here saying bring in a Florida Gator, obviously there's got to be reasons for it. He is John Kopko from uh, PFF, senior analyst. Um, always appreciate John getting in here. Um, we'll try to get with John, obviously, once a week here. Um, there may be you know, a little spell coming here, uh, you know, before the draft, but you know, the month, but most of the free agency will be handled by there. Uh, we all have our families and our family life that we have to deal with, so we'll see how all, all that works out. Um, but always appreciate John being on here. Appreciate John's insight. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the fact that John's become a consistent member weekly here of the show. Uh, we see things, you know, eye to eye. And then, of course, you know, as PFF continues to grow and grow and grow, everybody's always curious, you know, how things come. And John's been fantastic in, you know, basically taking, you know, what is seen through PFF and being able to share it here. With all of you, make sure you're following at John Costco three, uh, the show at Locked On Browns. Follow that account. DMs are open, as you guys know. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there as well. Again, John Costco is the one opening. I believe it was a fresca. Ah, no, guys, it was not a fresca. It certainly was not a fresca. <laughs> um, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you are, A, subscribed to Locked on Browns, B, leaving a five-star rating, and C, leaving a written review. I've seen those numbers come up the last few days, guys, and I truly do appreciate you all for all of that. Um, Look, it's our time of the year. We love the offseason, all the maneuvering. Um, There was somebody out there with, uh, uh, I'm waiting for Andrew Berry to be aggressive. Go take a hike, dude. He literally found the safety that probably fits this defense best. And got him at his number. So with that one, um, I'm sure most of you have seen the tweet. Um, and I actually had blocked him years ago because that's just how bad that guy's become. Yes, sir? Yeah, being aggressive and being reckless. There's being aggressive. Aggr- exactly aggressive. There's, reckless, there's two so. different things. And, you know, I don't, I don't know the tweet or anything like that. But, like, you can yeah. – just because you got a good deal for the right guy and you haven't gone after like way overpaid for bad at, at pass being rushers. Being aggressive like, is signing Patrick Peterson for $10 million. I mean, so, being reckless well, is signing Patrick Peterson being for $10 reckless million. Is signing, That's not being, being reckless. Rec- being reckless is signing Bud Dupree to a five-year, $82 million deal. Being reckless Coming is off signing, an ACL. These, all these uh, pass rushers are getting $12-plus million per year and all because they have sacks. But they have crap. They don't. They don't get pressures. They don't get pressures at all. They get if they get pressures, it's in the cleanup variety. They're not creating them themselves. And you don't overpay for that. That's recklessly paying for you know go, being aggressive in, in free agency. You want to be smartly aggressive to go after guys that you see that are fits and that can improve your team. John Johnson is absolutely a type of guy that can improve your team. Tack McKinley and what he does at that price. Can improve your team. You still need to Which go after Browns more pass rushers. Shown they're committed to they're committed to that number to a four to six sack guy. They're okay with that. If you can get six sacks, the Browns will pay you one million dollars per sack per season. It's not even it's not even about the sacks. It's just about getting pressures. And if you can b- get pressures and it 
create sacks for other guys, or it reduces it, it just because you're getting three more pressures per game. Away. Yep. You, it's a ball getting thrown away, or it's just your, your passer rating drops by 30 points every time you get a pressure on a quarterback. It's on average, right? So it's na- naturally you can still have touchdowns on pressures, but the thing is, on average, more pressures leads to a lower passer rating. That's what it, that's the name of the game. If you can get a sack, great. But if you can't, if you're getting pressure, at least that's still very good as well. So uh, being being reckless is going after Bud Dupree, who sucks, and paying him. Eighty-three million dollars, or whatever it is, for five years, and just and cutting then a a cornerback to be able to make that work. That is one of the best cornerbacks in the league the past few years when healthy. And if anybody wants to check out, um, former Titans linebacker Wesley Woodyard um, actually did an interview. And if you're wondering maybe what's going on down with the Titans, perhaps go ahead. Hollywood Higgins is back. One year, $2.38 million, fully guaranteed. Rashard Higgins, again, taking one for the team for the Cleveland Browns. Good for Hollywood. Love to have him here. I'm not sure how it's all going to work out. Um, But, folks, um, we might want to stop putting wide receivers to the Browns. I think they are looking to run it back with it. Yes, sir. They need need to add a wide receiver, though. Uh, They need need um, speed. they need speed and they need separation. They need to be guys that be able to separate. So they, they need to add another guy. If it's Eric Stokes be... from Georgia, stop working at the cornerback position. Go become a wide receiver. We can find a way to use that 4 <laughs> um, And with that, obviously, we're going to have to put a close here. Um, but, yeah, uh, Hollywood Higgins. And, look, I mean, sometimes you know where your bread is buttered. And, you know, I always think of, you know, T.O. with the, you know, the, the, the T.O. crying gift. That's my quarterback, man. Uh, obviously, Richard Higgins knows. He just knows and yes. doesn't want to you know, step out of his comfort zone. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.